Hey everyone, welcome back to the Liberty Update. Today's Need to Know News will feature how voters feel when it comes to a possible World War III. Filling in for Jake today, Katie will give us the details on an International Women's Day Courage Award given to a biological man at the White House this week. And finally, Governor Ron DeSantis is pushing back against continued federal travel restrictions that are blocking a world-class tennis star from entering Florida for an upcoming tournament. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to the Convention of States podcast and check out the blog for more details on these news stories. Well, with several odd events occurring around the country and around the world in just the past few months, it's no wonder that a plurality of voters think that World War III is upon us. Global tensions confronting the U.S. have left Americans feeling uncertain and on edge when it comes to world stability. 43% of voters think that we are on the brink of another world war, and 26% aren't sure. This is according to a new Convention of States poll in partnership with the Trafalgar Group. This largely pessimistic sentiment comes as the Ukraine-Russia conflict continues, as we continue to push money overseas to that, and as pressures build between the U.S. and China. Over half of Republicans believe World War III is imminent, while just a quarter of Democrats think that a world war is upon us. The sharp ideological divide between parties coincides with differing national security priorities, such as Chinese interference and the southern border. Convention of States President Mark Meckler pointed out that our weakness and incompetence on the border, on energy policy, and on our approach to China are increasing the risk of international armed conflict in a highly nuclearized age. Most Americans want Biden to be more aggressive in leading global efforts to contain China, but the American people have finally come to the realization that Chinese accountability is not going to happen anytime soon, especially with the current administration. A different Convention of States poll released just yesterday finds that 61% of voters believe any GOP presidential candidate would be more effective in handling growing China threats than President Biden. That's all voters, not just Republicans either, which is a substantial number as we head into the presidential election. Voters also overwhelmingly believe that state and federal governments should cut business and investment ties with Chinese companies. And we've seen that happening on the state level. Governor Christine Noem cut ties with the Chinese-operated social media app TikTok on state devices, and several other governors have done the same thing. That's just a quick breakdown of our latest polling, which you can find at conventionofstates.com. And it indicates a lot of people are clearly, and for good reason, not too trusting in the government as World War III seems very likely to a large chunk of Americans. Wednesday was International Women's Day and to celebrate, the State Department and Jill Biden held the 17th annual International Women of Courage Award Ceremony at the White House. Among the recipients, unfortunately, though unsurprisingly, was, you guessed it, a biological male. His name is Alba Rueda, and he is Argentina's special envoy for sexual orientation and gender identity. He was awarded this for overcoming personal hardships and also for being the first transgender person to hold the senior position in the Argentinian government. He was established as the first undersecretary of diversity policies in the Ministry of Women, Gender, and Diversity. Essentially, this man drilled a permanent seat for himself in the halls of government through the power of victimhood. 
some notable policies he advocates for and actually help push through in many cases, whereas the Transgender Labor Quota Act, which requires 1% of the public sector jobs to be worked by a transgender person. Another thing he advocated for was to change the name of the National Women's Conference to the, get ready for this, Plurinational Conference of Women and Lesbian, Cross-Dresser, Transgender, Bisexual, Intersex, and Non-Binary Persons. It is truly unfortunate that the State Department would degrade the other women on the stage who are both women and also truly deserving of this award for their courage. For example, he shared the stage with an Afghanistani woman who studied secretly throughout her high school years, evaded the Taliban because they would not allow women to be educated, and eventually became a doctor in order to serve other refugees. Another woman was an Ethiopian journalist who exposed human rights violations and works continually to bring perpetrators to justice. And a third is a Ukrainian paramedic who was beaten, tortured, and imprisoned for smuggling footage of atrocities being committed by Russian troops back in 2018. In her speech at the event, Jill Biden exposed just how out of touch she was with the trials and triumphs of these impressive women. She described a girl who feels the world closing in, afraid that her dreams are just too big to carry alone. But these women, these biological women, they didn't have fluffy dreams or silly stars in their eyes. They saw the harsh reality of the world and they decided to bring a little justice, a little mercy, and a little freedom to any corner they could reach. This is entirely incompatible with the self-serving and self-aggrandizing silliness of both the transgender movement and most woke movements in America at large. There is no place for self-serving in a self-governing society. Ironically, Jill concluded the speech, turning her attention towards men. She says, we need more men who nurture families, who feed and teach and mentor, who build safer communities. And I certainly agree with her, although I don't know how she can expect to get men who are truly men when they're continually incentivized to just become women. Put pandemic politics aside and give the American people what they want. That's the message Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sent to President Biden this week after Serbian tennis star Novak Djokovic was refused entry to the U.S. because, you guessed it, he's unvaccinated. The world-class athlete was forced to withdraw from a California tournament taking place right now after the Department of Homeland Security denied his vaccine exemption request. This means he currently cannot play in the Miami Open Tournament that starts in just a few weeks. The pandemic emergency declaration that is still in effect allows Biden to deny entrance to unvaccinated foreigners through the CDC. The emergency status is set to end on May 11th, just one month after this Miami tournament ends. Ron DeSantis said in a letter, quote, This denial is unfair, unscientific, and unacceptable. He added that the rules are misguided and out of date. And Florida Senators Rick Scott and Marco Rubio both voiced their concerns, taking the side of the Serbian tennis player and calling on Congress to take action to eliminate President Biden's, quote, bogus vaccine mandate. 
could he enter by boat? That's a proposed solution that DeSantis suggested. The CDC guidelines require all non-citizens or non-U.S. immigrants to be fully vaccinated before boarding a flight to the U.S., but that doesn't state boats. So the option could possibly be valid, as the southern border welcomes in thousands of undocumented immigrants with no regard for their vaccination status. It's funny how we are constantly told that we are living in the freest country in the world, yet our own government isn't allowing foreign travelers into the country if they don't submit to government health requirements. At the same time, as we just heard, men can receive women's awards and identify however they feel. Where is the science in that government? Maybe Djokovic should just identify as vaccinated and see how that works out. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Liberty Update. These examples of federal overreach and federal hypocrisy are exactly why we are working hard to call for a convention of states to rein in the power of the federal government. Tune in next week to hear an update on our latest progress. Take care.